morning, class. Welcome to Art Eater Podcast number 79. Uh, we got a real fun one for y'all today. Uh, t- we are going to be talking about Resident Evil 4. So um, we're going to be talking about the original game that uh, dropped on the uh, GameCube uh, years ago. What was that, 2005? Yep. Oh, man, that was a while ago. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, the remake uh, that just came out this year. Uh, so we'll, we'll be getting into uh, both of them. Uh, uh, but before we get too far, uh, here's let's do a quick roll call. I'm your host, Richmond, uh, one of the founders of Art Eater. Uh, I got a background in animation, run a game studio called BitEgg. I uh, love making games, and I love talking about games with with my my best buds here every weekend. Uh, Sean? Hey, I'm Sean. I'm usually here. Uh, edit the podcast. Uh, used to work with Retron Games uh, back in the day. Uh, Heck and yeah. then, <laughs> yeah, uh, then uh, worked in some startups. Then I worked at Blizzard Entertainment uh, for a while, five years. And then uh, now I'm at NZXT. We make PC gaming hardware. Um, and yeah, I'm a UX guy, UX director, UI guy. We'll talk about branding and color theory and stuff as well. So yeah, uh, yeah, just like talking about games and retweeting cool art. Hey everybody, this is uh, James Stanley. I am the resident fighting game expert at Art Eater, uh, arguably at the office of BitEgg, where I currently work with Richmond as a business operations manager. Uh, I am super excited to be here today because we're going to talk about the Beyonce of male video game protagonist, uh, Leon S. Kennedy, in a wonderful game called (laughs) Resident Evil 4. So uh, I am super excited, if you can't tell. Uh, So I'm ready to get into it. All right, let's get into it. So I, I think originally we were going to talk about the remake, but really you can't talk about the remake without talking about the original. Yep. And then it dawned on me like, man, that is that is a big topic because that the original game was a big, big, yeah. big deal. Oh my god! Like, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's 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 inarguably like inarguably one of the most influential games of the last. 20 years it set a standard for 3d uh, action games uh that that yeah you know, its dna is still in pretty much everything right so uh, just uh, some quick context before I, I i let you guys just totally uh effuse about the game uh just as a quick context for the listeners so resident evil 4 originally came out on the gamecube in uh 2005 and uh, it was directed by uh shinji uh, mikami um, you know, a uh, longtime uh, director of uh, the various Resident Evil games, uh, Dino Crisis, just one of the core people at uh, Capcom. And, um, you know, Resident Evil 4, I mean, the, the, the first three games were already like a smash hit, just some of the best selling games ever, redefined uh, survival horror. You know, uh, it became Capcom's biggest franchise at the time, surpassing, uh, well, surpassing Street Fighter. Um, and then part four was uh, pretty unusual because uh, number one, it was originally a GameCube exclusive. And, and you know, the GameCube um, at the time didn't have that many exclusives uh, outside of uh, first party stuff. Uh, and then, you know, um, it later came out on PS2, but at the time everyone thought it was just gonna be a GameCube exclusive. Um, and, you know, the other big deal about it was it was such a break uh, from the series. And it, it is, um, you know, uh, a lot of people see it as the point where 
uh, it turned more into an action game than a, a pure horror game, um, which you know we'll, we'll we'll get into. But uh, just gosh, this game was a revelation at the time, and uh, I, I, I recall um, the the director of Gears of War, Cliffy B. He, he said, hundred percent in interviews, he said. Resident Evil 4 was the core inspiration for the gameplay for for the Gears of War franchise with the uh just the focus on just real heavy feeling movement uh, real visceral gameplay you know um just the just the presentation the way the camera works uh, uh just the physicality of it um yeah so uh, let's get into it man uh, yeah i mean you can remember that that part yeah. you just said you could you could argue that <laughs> or not you couldn't just argue but like yeah Dead Space, Last of Us, uh, I mean, oh, yeah. the, basically invented what is the current modern over-the-shoulder uh, third-person action game. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, do you, do you remember where you were when you first played this? Or or when you heard of it? I know, James, you followed the development of this game very closely, right? Oh, man. So, like, what was weird, right, was that I remember a lot of people talking about Resident Evil 4, like, you know, coming out and like, you know, it was going to be on GameCube. And my first thought was, I don't have the GameCube, so eh, whatever, like, I'll see what's going on with it. Because um, one of the, the, the fun facts about me is I didn't play Resident Evil in order. Uh, Resident Evil 4 was ironically the first game that I played that retroactively went back and played through like one, two and three. Um, so at the time, like I was oh, wow. deep into like, you know, fighting games and I was playing tournaments and stuff. So I, like video games were like other genres, like they existed and I dabbled in them, but it was like, I was so focused on like what I was doing competitively that I didn't really like get a chance to really play Resident Evil 4 right away. But what happened was uh, my, my girlfriend at the time was very much into Resident Evil um, specifically Resident Evil 4. Uh, they were really curious about it. And, uh, you know, they ended up getting the game and they, like, fell in love with it. And just out of periphery, I would see the game and I was like, this is not what I expected at all. Um, and it's really cool. Like, I was just like, man, like, Leon almost looks like he could be in a fighting game. Like, what is this? You know, and I didn't play it yet. And then one day, like years later probably like four or five years later like i was like you know what i'm just gonna go buy this game because it came out on the playstation 2 at the time mm. like that was one of the okay. ports that came out to the gamecube so um i said you know what i'm gonna give this game a shot and i i i remember because this was around the time that like arcades were kind of dying uh, you know, we were still like playing like tournaments, like on console and stuff like that. So like, you know, I wasn't in the arcade as much, but I was still playing fighting games. So like, you know, I just said, you know what, let me take some time, like between class and just play this game. And okay. what I, was this at SCAD? Yeah. Oh, okay. SCAD years. So this was what, like around 2005 or, or so? A little bit, a little bit after that, like 2006, a little bit, yeah. Okay. So, so I remember, like, I, I was like, man, all right, I'm gonna play this game. And the moment that it started, you know, like how it would say like the title, and it would shake the the analog, <laughs> like the controller. 
like like it gave me a jump scare i was like oh shit i was like i was like can i play this game like am i ready for this like i don't know and like the moment the first time the ganados actually spoke spanish and i heard the leaves crackling like i paused the game like i just was like holy <laughs> shit this is really intense like i don't know if i can play this this is creepy because one of the things you got to remember i was i was in school but like i i was finishing the game like mostly when i left sky so like in maryland like in the fall like to winter like the leaves are already like on the ground so like you see like trees that look similar to what like that village looks like like at least where i lived like trees kind oh, of totally look like, like just straight oh, the, up the like, suburbs the parks in virginia are uh, very very yeah. similar yeah so it it kind of hit oh, close sorry, to Maryland. Home. yeah it, well they, i mean the dmv they're all yeah close enough close enough coast tri-state <laughs> yeah. area yeah. so like it kind of hit close to home for me i was like this looks familiar but in the scariest way possible <laughs> so like the game kind of resonated with me in this sense of like man this is really creepy but one of the things that i that the game made sort of like encouraged me to do like i don't know for whatever reason this game became a vehicle for me to like face fears i guess because i was just like it wasn't like i paid like full price for the game the game was kind of a little bit older by the time i bought it so it wasn't like i was paying like 70 80 bucks but i was like nah dude i'm gonna play this game and like man like i just remember like one this is another thing that people don't talk about enough is the graphics in this game for the gamecube were already insane like yeah that game yeah. was a big deal visually because like at the time like it was pretty it was the best looking 3d game capcom had out one of the i guess I, I don't know i feel like it was the best 3d game best looking 3d game that capcom had out at the time and uh it was on the gamecube and i remember people being really concerned about the port for uh ps2 and to be honest the ps2 version does look really good but it does not look as good as the the gamecube version um but it looks really good and i just remember just being like holy shit man you know that moment everybody has where like graphics can't get better than this Resident Evil 4 was that for me. Like, I was just like, yeah. nothing is going to beat this. Like, uh, you know, Leon's design, like, it's, man, like, I still think to this day, it's, like, probably one of the, like, greatest achievements for, like, 3D. Uh, because he's, he's, like, a 3D Bishonen character without it looking uncanny valley or weird. Like, he's, like, a fully volumetric 3D model, but he looks like he could be a KOF character. Like, he just has this cool vibe to him, and it's just like, man. And then you look at, like, the the Ganados. You look at, like, all the enemies and stuff. Like, it was a really well-detailed game. Um, but, like, yeah, like, I remember playing this game, and it was, like, the craziest experience in my life because I was terrified of the game, but I couldn't get pulled away. Like... Like, it just, it drew me in, like, every single, every time I played it, I played it for hours. Like, and it was crazy because it starts out, like, super scary, and you're just like, oh, my God, this is really intense. And then it's, like, that Capcom, like, charm kicks right in, and you're just like, nah, man, I want to see the rest of this game. This game is too cool. So that was, like, my introduction to, like, Resident Evil, like when I first played it, like it just really made a huge impression on me. 
Like, what about you guys? Like, where were you at in life when uh, you first played Resident Evil 4? Oh, man, for me, um, I was actually, it was the summer. I was I was in China. It was, oh, wow. I think it was 2005. I was visiting a game studio. Um, and, or maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember uh, the game had just come out, and uh, they had a copy of it in the in, in, in their, you know, their play, their rest area. And I, I just remember going through the first couple of minutes, and, just it was mind blowing. Like it was the GameCube version, um, and uh, oh man, you know that, that I thought that was like just the best looking 3D game at the time, or well, one one of the best. I mean, the, yeah, there there were a lot of beautiful PS2 games too, but like that thing maxed out the uh, the, the the GameCube uh, subtle things like how Leon's hair moved and how like yeah. the environments just felt really. Um, full they felt really convincing you know i mean because uh yeah. at, at the time the standard for games was still very uh uh gamey for lack of a better word right like you you uh most games had like pretty repetitive elements which i don't mind at all like i i, I love that stuff but um yeah. then you had games like uh you know metroid prime and resident evil 4 which like kind of broke away from like the grid you stopped noticing like repeating elements it just looked like uh, just a continuous world and just the art direction in uh, RE4, um, like you said, like it, it felt like you were actually in the woods, right? It didn't yeah. feel like video game woods. Didn't even feel like a movie. It just felt like, oh no, like that's that's what it feels like to roam around outside. And yeah. um, it's actually those subtle elements that made the game freakier and more immersive. Because like, yeah, at first you're like, oh, okay, they're not zombies. It's not as scary. But then you're like, oh no, <laughs> like humans are really scary. Yeah, they're actually <laughs> scarier. Like yeah. people are actually scarier because they're more coordinated. They're 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 faster. They can they, use weapons. Yeah, they, they can use weapons. You know, they sound kind of racist. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're coming well, after you, right? Yeah. Well, the other thing too, right, is that like they because they have faces, right? Like faces that we recognize in terms of like uh, iconography of like emotion. There's yeah, this idea, yeah. like, intuitively, that you feel like you could possibly reason with them. But then when you see these cold stares, you're like, yeah. this is beyond reason. Like, I either have to kill them or they're going to kill me. Um, and then it's like the ambient music that would kick in when they would, you know, say, Akiestan! Like, you know, like, it would uh, just, it, it felt like you were being chased. You're, yes. You know, like, yeah. you're sitting in your house comfortably, but yet you feel like, you're being chased um and not yeah not not by like a video game right not by like a program you know that no. put a target on it, <laughs> no it, it was like you came to the wrong neighborhood boy you know you're like yes. oh god <laughs> yes i can't get yes. out of here <laughs> like, it, like it felt it didn't just feel scary it felt unsafe like unsafe <laughs> that's a good way to put it yeah <laughs> Yeah. You know, like it, it felt like, oh my God, I really shouldn't be here. And now I'm yeah. being reminded why I shouldn't be here, you know? But, um, yeah. But I, I want to say, on top of that, though, it balanced it out with how fun it was. Because, <laughs> uh, yes. you know, the, the controls were really good. Um, before this, Resident yeah. Evil still had the, the tank controls. So actually, I, I remember that being a big controversy, right? At the yeah. time, people were already having the arguments like, oh, well, you know, with the free movement, it's not as scary. And it's like, no, it's still scary. But then it's also like, 
but now it's like oh i can like shoot this guy in the knee and slow him down and then i i remember um this was one of the first games to have just sort of an all-purpose context-sensitive action button and they nailed it like it, yes. it was so perfect it was the yes. perfect answer like everyone was doing qtes but this was just like press the button at the right time and it'll do exactly what you want it to do and i, I remember that 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 zen moment when like i i got a prompt and instantly i, I didn't even need i didn't even hesitate i pressed it kicked one of the ganados like he threw a trip wire and then he exploded and i was like this game rules the kick yeah. So, oh so, so we gotta we gotta we gotta talk about that for a second because I had a very interesting experience uh, with this game in terms of how I interacted with Ganados, right? So mm. I was batshit terrified like the first time that I heard one of them talk, and you know, like the first kill that I made, like you gotta remember, this is the first time I'm playing this game, so I'm playing this game off of like truly like my emotional reaction, right? So, mm. like the moment that I killed like the because i think there's like the two or three of them when you first like get to the house and like the moment i killed the last one i literally was so terrified that i emptied the clip in his face like not because like, <laughs> not because like i needed to do it but i needed to do it like i was so terrified that i just i just boom and i was just like oh my god but it was like I like this game, but God, this scares the shit out of me. And of course, <laughs> I realized I fucked up, right? So I like restarted the save. I was like, I need this. They need these bullets. Like I can't. But then I shot one of them in the knees, and I realized, oh shit, there's a melee prompt here. And then that changed the whole dynamic for like how I felt playing it. It's not that I didn't feel scared anymore. I still was terrified, but I was like, I have options. And I was yeah. like, I don't think I've ever felt this way in a, a horror, any sort of horror based game that I had ever like seen. I was like, wow, this is this is really like interesting, right? Because again, like I felt empowered, but I still felt terrified. Um, and I think that's the synergy, the balance that I liked about RE4 with the, the little bit of like comedy that would show up like later on that I didn't know about yet, right? Like it was just man, I, I, I have options. I, I, I'm not dead already. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like I was like, okay, I can fight through this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Sean? Um, I'm trying to remember exactly when I played it first. I can tell you for sure that I played it on PS2 as well. I didn't, didn't have a GameCube. Oh, okay. uh, my friends had GameCubes, but... Um, I don't think I saw it on GameCube until much later, although even even when I saw it much later, I recognized how good it looked. It actually, like, GameCube and, like, I don't know, Dreamcast kind of exist in the same place for me, where, like, the the way that they texture things and the way that it the models look, they just feel smoother to me. Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. I, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, I feel like it's very prevalent in, like, Sonic games on, like, Dreamcast to explain... The effect I had, I, I, and I, 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 having since compared them, I, I can tell you that there's definitely like a, yeah, there's just like a smoothness to Nintendo consoles, uh, even though I know Dreamcast isn't one, but I mean th that era, especially, and versus like PS2 is a bit more blocky. I think they had more polygon support. I'm not sure, more a little bit more texture depth. I don't, I don't know. 
Uh, but anyway, 2005, I was in Seattle, I think, working on Greg Hastings. So, um, oh, for Greg a while, Hastings tournament paintball. Yes, that's I correct. I forgot about that. Oh, man. Um, oh, wow. yeah. So, this was like right, I think this was right before we were going to SCAD. Like, I don't think we were in, I was in school yet. Um, oh, really? Okay. Well, and then, uh, so I had, I was playing a lot of games at the time because kind of how I got into the opportunity with Greg Hastings was I was doing a lot of work with game battles. But I was playing like a lot of SOCOM US Navy SEALs. <laughs> but PS2 was like my main console. Um, so I don't remember, I remember there being like a big deal about RE4 and there being like game magazines about it because that was uh, when I was in Seattle that was like my main way of staying connected to it because I didn't have a console um, my PS2 is in Georgia um, so I was reading about it uh, as best I could find um, what, what magazine was it at the time uh, EGM, Game Informer. I think it gen. was Game Informer, but I was—I I don't know if I was blending memories together. But <laughs> there definitely were a couple magazines that did like whole features on it, and uh, I really like—I I, so to admit to y'all, I was never really that big into like RE3, so <laughs> hmm. okay. uh, or or to admit to everyone. I, I mean, I still like it, but it it wasn't like I wasn't as excited coming off of RE3 for RE4. But I really liked RE2. Uh, that was one of my first oh, uh, PlayStation games. Um, yeah. And also, I even remember remember that that they, the games like that used to have like the double case for PlayStation. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. And I don't know for some reason, double case games for me was like the signifier that it was some good shit. Uh, like Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid had a double case. Um, yeah. I, I remember distinctly that RE2 had a double case. Um, but uh, anyway, so I, so I got back from Seattle like later in the year. Uh, I want to say it was like Christmas. I, I might have even gotten a hold of the PS2 game. Uh, and then, yeah, I just I got yelled up by my parents. I was still at home. I just played constantly like this. Um <laughs> And I used to like, I think this is the, the, the time like I had, uh, once I got like my, this is like a really random aside. Once I got like my driver's license, the first thing I would do was go get myself uh, drinks and snacks so that I didn't have to leave my room <laughs> to, to get them. <laughs> so for some reason, I like, I, I, I was on like a real brisk iced tea kick for some reason. So like, I, I, I'm, I'm not making this up. I would play this game. I went through like a 12 pack of... Uh, of brisk iced tea playing this game was was that during for like that's brisk baby campaign period was that oh that's gotta be yeah yeah with the yeah players. yeah it was <laughs> yeah 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 that yeah that vibe was real like everybody was drinking brisk so nah that that was a that was a vibe okay so it's got like a massive amount of sugar but if y'all have not had meaning listeners y'all have not had brisk iced tea in a can it's it's worth um, but also I wouldn't recommend it if you're trying to lose weight as, uh, a 12 pack of brisk iced tea is like 12,000 calories, 1200 calories, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which at the time I didn't, I didn't really think about anyway. Oh yeah. And, and there's just the trends. And the point being is that like, that's, that's how, how much, like how dedicatedly I was playing it. I didn't, uh, 
And also, like, it was taking time away because, like, game battles was a lot of, like, um, competitive games. Like, it's, like, SOCOM and uh, Call of Duty and stuff. And I, I was doing a lot of what's called refereeing at the time. Uh, and I was, like, shirking my ref duties. Uh, not sh- Well, not shirking, but, like, I just wasn't able to get on and do, like, admin and stuff like that. And they were like, oh, aren't you going to get on, whatever? And I was like, no, I, I got to go. I got to get back. <laughs> so, so gotta get back to gotta get back to the game. Sorry, um, but no, I I don't really get scared from horror games. But I had similar experiences to James in that like I had very poor resource usage because I got freaked out many times. Yes, and, and like I there's no there was no conserving ammo. There was uh, and I I I don't know why I distinctly remember the village section of the game because. I there's like a bunch of stuff in the game that you don't expect. Like there was one where that section happened and then like I was like, oh, this isn't bad. I can like shoot people, whatever. And then you start getting like overwhelmed, but then you can like go up into buildings and stuff in the in that section. Um, Yes. And I remember like going up into a building and being like, oh, okay, I'm safe. I can (laughs) I can rest now. I can I can gather myself. And then one of the uh, one of the dudes came through the window and grabbed me <laughs> and uh, almost through the controller. I was like, ah, no, they can come through the building. Because <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I didn't realize they could get on the roof. Um, so I don't know. That, that was kind of a, I remember just like, you don't really ever feel safe. Um, I think also I was, I was just excited to be playing Leon again, because again, big fan of RE2, not as much of a fan of RE3. Um, yeah. Yeah, but and also I I do remember thinking that it looked really good, um, a bit brown. I was like, but but I kind of like in my mind that was just what Resident Evil games looked like, um, in terms of yeah. it gets more colorful as the game goes on. But like initially, like what it looks like in the woods, like it it felt like Silent Hillish as well. It felt intentional. Um, I just real quick, don't you guys feel like Silent Hill? Uh, must have been an influence on, the, on how they did the faces in oh, RE4. Yeah. I feel like they must have felt like we got to step up, right? Because I, I mean, I, I love the first three; they they look great. But um, the in-game models aren't like super memorable. You remember the monsters, you remember the mansion, uh, you remember the one guy that kind of looked like a decapitated <laughs> Michael Jordan in the first one. Yes. Right? But, <laughs> but RE4, it was like, oh wow, like Leon is, you know, like suddenly like you said he's, he's like a living manga character right yeah you know like like suddenly um it's not like he looks photo real or anything but he feels like no. a distinct person uh, yeah. and i thought the game did such a good job balancing that balancing the iconography where it's still you know a comic booky larger than life but but they yes. every character looks like an individual like distinct uh, human being too right yeah there was a certain larger-than-life uh, aspect to the way that designs were, uh, like, I guess, visually absorbed, at least for me. Like, I just, it wasn't just, oh, it's just some dude. It's like, no, that's Leon, you know? Yeah. Like, like it just, it, it was very pronounced. It was very confident and, uh, you know, just visually arresting. Like, I was just like, man, this guy... Skies, it's really fucking cool. Like you know, like like from RE two to four, he had a fucking glow up, dude. Like it was just like, man, like 
You oh yeah, yeah, they made him. They made him way yeah. cooler. <laughs> he yeah. he turned he turned into Mark Mark of the Wolves Terry Bogart. That's what happened. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, when you talk about the faces, I, I remember now uh, that I was really blown away by the. I'm gonna. I, it's not called this, but I'm gonna call it this because you know why. Uh, the the codec. <laughs> That that he he talks. Listen, uh, we know exactly what you're talking about, man. Yeah, that's not that's not what it's called, Nari Four, but that's what it is. I'm sorry, um, but the like the faces look really good in the codec. Um, like you can really see the yeah. detail and stuff like that. And like to your point, I, you know, like you think about like back to like um, Metal Gears, like which is you know PlayStation One, but they didn't have like geometry on their face. <laughs> Whereas no. like these are very well modeled, like they're stylish, yeah. like uh, and, and like th this is uh, starting to get into the era where uh, okay, so remember there was an era right um, in PlayStation PlayStation Two games where like models didn't quite have the right look or proportions, but like you were okay with it because you knew that that that's what the best they could do, and I feel yeah. like Resident Evil, at least for me, and especially this one, was one of the first games where like. The models felt like intentionally stylish, um, yes. oh, like yeah. it didn't feel like they didn't have enough polygons in the nose and it didn't feel like they didn't like it felt like they were able to to execute the face they wanted to more or less like yes. it like it, it, nothing about the them felt wrong or it felt like wrongness because of limitations. You know, I don't know if I'm explaining myself yeah. well. Oh, no, no, um, no. It, yeah. it didn't feel limited. You didn't feel like they were hobbled in any way. You never felt like, oh, well, he's designed like that because of limits. It's like, no, like his his hair moves. His eyes have, have depth. He has like eyelid folds. Like he's, he's got all these yeah. uh, very intentional uh, details, but it's not just there like to fetishistically recreate reality. It's like, no, like these are details that make him feel more uh, distinct. Yeah. Well, I, I remember stuff like um, when he's talking to Hunnigan at the beginning, she has like glasses that are that are rent modeled in 3D and she has like a like uh, a headset and the headset is separate. Mm. The model is separate from her face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like I said, when I go back to like how like Silent Hill and Metal Gears were, which are some of my favorite games of the time, even though those are PlayStation 1 games. I still distinctly like, even though I love those games, remember being like, "This is flat geometry with a texture on it." And this one, I was like, "What? They modeled those glasses? Like, <laughs> uh, like the zipper on Leon's jacket is modeled? It's like a, it's a piece of geometry." Um, and and um, so, worth being aware. Like, so 2005. This is about when I was working on the Greg Hastings mobile game. So I was very well aware of limited geometry because I was starting to work on. Um, Basically, this was first when I was first working on the um, Greg Hastings on the mobile on Razer, like in the Duke Nukem engine prior to uh, me and Richmond and friends like actually working on a much more like high powered mobile games. But like so I was so was, I, I remember like being very impressed by how the game was constructed, but it's because I was like very w well aware of it. I was aware of like what it was like to work with no no polygons. <laughs> So. Oh, Sean, I mean, we were making characters that had to be, like, t less than 256 triangles, you know? Uh, uh, all right, all right. A quick aside for everybody. Okay, so one of the most... I don't know if this was Robin or Charlie's thing, Richmond. One of the things that I'm still, to this day, proud of. So we did a... Uh, for everyone, we we did worked on a mobile game uh, for Guitar Hero. Uh, you might know what I'm going to talk about, Richmond, but I'm super proud yeah. of it. So, like... Oh, no, I, uh, um, so... The remember. in the game there was like a 3D model of the Guitar Hero character that had to like 
uh, strum a guitar, right? But we're talking about like to Richmond's point, it wasn't like the amount of polygons; it was the amount of triangles that you could have. But it also we found out that even the amount of bones that the rig could have was like not enough for a T pose or something. And I'm trying to yeah, remember it who. It, it was Robin. It was Robin. Robin. Okay, Holstein. yeah. Very, very good animator. So, so he came up with this crazy idea because we had limited bones on the rig. Where like literally, he didn't rig their legs at all. He rigged a bone uh, into like a into like a V pose where it met like at their their waist, and then the guitar itself had a bone. So basically, when they would strum their hand, it would move back and forth. Um, because like you didn't need the leg. I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but like. Um, it was a very creative way to get more animation out of out of a very limited set of polygons and, and bones in the rig. Um, uh, yeah, we I think we we had to use less than um, twelve bones, and I mean, if you just have like arms and feet, that's already like twelve <laughs> normally. <laughs> that's not counting the head and the body. So we we had to get really creative back then. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Good but, but 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 yeah. Anyway, the point being is that like. Um, the, you know, granted, we were working on phone games, which is why they were so limited. But uh, this pre, is a time, pre yeah, pre-iPhone, um, hardcore mobile, as I call it. Wow. Uh, but but the point being is that around this this time, like around 2005 to like 2009, which is uh, 2005 was obviously we were in school and whatnot, and 2009 was after school. But like, like. To me, like the 3D models that were in Resident Evil were like mind-blowingly good. <laughs> That's the point. Oh, they are. <laughs> I yeah. I, I feel like they still are. I'm, I'm watching a replay of the GameCube version, and um, I, I think it still looks great. To to me, this is uh, you know, I, I appreciate like super detailed, super high fidelity games, but like to me, this is like <laughs> this is good enough, right? Because like like you said, yeah. this is enough power to render every detail that actually matters that you'll actually notice, you know. Um, well, well, like I said, it feels stylishly intentional. Like when you look yes. at the and and that's something that I, I will say that I I feel like happened much faster with Japanese games than it did with um, other regions. Like Japanese, like understanding of stylization just. Uh, for whatever reason feels like it happens earlier in games and I just mean that like independent of the limitations of the platform uh, and, and not to make a broad generalization about like American or Japanese games but I, I felt like the American games at least early on they felt more rough around the edges because they were more interested in technological advancement and I feel like Japanese games early on just had a much heavier focus on style and that meant that like they were able to utilize the limitations much better. Um, and like I said, th that whole idea where there's a certain point, I think this is about the inflection point of games where you start being like, oh, th like, and this is where games start holding up much better it is, is kind of, I think that what happens is you, you like, even if you go back and look at like RE4, like, I mean, granted the remake looks amazing, but looking back at the PS2 and GameCube isn't like the game still looks pretty good. Like, yeah, I, you're, yeah. you're not looking at it and you're not you're not thinking like oh ha 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 this like sometimes you look back at like a busby 3d and you're like oh this looks horrifying yeah um <laughs> but, <laughs> but 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 this so like 
But this one has like really like they they stylize the models using the limitations well. We, I mean, we've talked extensively about baking textures rather than relying on lighting engines and how that helps games hold up really well. I think this is yeah. one of those games that has a a really good reliance on. Uh, I think a better way to say it is like it feels like it has a lot of artistry in the way that it that the limitations are are utilized. And I remember even thinking that when I was playing the game in two thousand five. To me, it's the visual representation of what. Yuzo Koshiro was doing with music for Streets of Rage like 2. Ah. Like, you know, back then, you know, making music for 16-bit games was was really hard. I mean, there were some leaps and bounds made from 8-bit, you know? We had some great composers even in that era, but, like, what Yuzo Koshiro did with Streets of Rage 2, like, musically, I feel like visually Resident Evil 4 did that, like, with, like, the current standard for stylization in, like, 3D. Yeah. You mean using the same tech, but just getting more out of it, right? Getting more out of it, yeah. Hmm. Like, that's just how I feel, man. Because, like, before I moved to Thailand, I was actually playing Resident Evil 4. Like, uh, you know, it was a port of the PS2 version on PS3. Oh, man, I'm sorry, on PS4. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when I booted it up and I saw the game, like, I wasn't affected by any of it. I was like, no, this is a good-looking-ass game. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this game, this I, I want to say that didn't God of War come out in 2005 as well? I feel like that was around the time that uh, the like after that, maybe 2006 or I don't know. Uh, well, the reason I, I mentioned that is uh, I was trying to remember what my like, I don't know, gaming diet was around that time. Uh, besides that 2005, 2005 was a big year because uh, Shadow of the Colossus also came out that year. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so PlayStation Two was riding high. Um, uh, and oh, yeah. and well, this is a, a topic for an entire other time. But like Ace Combat Two, I believe also Ooh. came out. <laughs> I don't know if it was two thousand. I think that was two thousand two thousand four actually. Um. Yeah, yeah. Or sorry, guess... not, Ace, not Ace Combat Two. Ace Combat. Um. Four, I think the one the one that the one that came out with the what was on the ps2 you know like remember this is another side random tangent y'all remember back in the day when like consoles used to come with like a bomb ass like demo disc with the with the, yes. the console so that like when yes. you bought the game uh, when you bought the system you didn't have like no games yeah they made sure you could have a good time like when you open the box so so for me like my playstation 2 I did not actually buy a separate PlayStation 2 game for like a year. I, I coasted right. hard on the demo Yo, disc that came sick. with it. Um, that's sick. Um, and uh, part, part of that was that, th so the demo disc had Parappa the Rapper on it. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it had um, it had Ace Combat on it. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember what else it had. Uh, I'm pretty sure it had Spyro the Dragon on it as well. Um, oh, I must have, yeah. So anyway, the point being is that like around this time, PlayStation Two was was hitting. <laughs> is the point? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Around around that time, like even if you had like a Dreamcast and you were like, "No, I'm good, I'm good." Like the PS Two called at you, like, and I'm speaking from experience because I think, I think, for the PS Two. 
Resident Evil 4 was like the first non-fighting game I had bought in a long time. Like, like a long time, man. And I was one of those really people that was like, no, I'm good. I got a Dreamcast. I'm okay. But mm. yeah, and PS2 just called out, man. They had a lot of good games at that time. Uh, although I, I, I was going to mention that uh, the reason I was thinking about God of War, and I think Richmond knows this because I feel like we bonded over our hatred of this game. I did not like God of War. <laughs> it was not a game that worked for me. So, <laughs> yeah. I think we all yeah, had like a common weird common bond about like not liking uh you know the original no, no no offense to anyone that loves the game or anyone that worked on it it, it yeah. was technically super impressive I just I did not like Kratos no <laughs> neither did as I as a character yeah. I just thought he was yeah. a terrible person I was like I don't want to be this guy <laughs> like I think both of us like hate played the game eventually so that when people were like, oh, you just don't like it because you haven't played it. And you're like, ha ha. And not only have I played nope, it. Yep, I beat the game. I unlocked the big sword and everything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I'll have you know. Yeah. But but I, I only bring that up because that was also a big deal at the time. I think also like Twisted Metal was like David Jaffe was a really big deal at the time. Um, yeah. Yeah, which yeah, like uh, I play a little bit of Twisted Metal, on the, but but like those were like the big games. So like to me, like RE4 in that environment was just a breath of fresh, not God of War. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I games were just going strong for years and years at that point because uh, Snake Eater had come out in 2004, you know? Yes. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, yes it did. Like Metal Gear Solid 2 had come out a couple years before that. I would like to make one more random aside. So um, our office at Anthem, when we set it up, all of our computers were named after Snake Eater bosses. Okay. I think I've mentioned <laughs> them on the right. podcast before. Yeah, all and the computers is, were like is. the boss, the end. Uh, you know, my yeah, my computer was the boss. Um, yeah. That is that is the most gangster shit. God, that that's amazing. So, so you like you go on, you get on our our internal network and <laughs> you just see a bunch of Metal Gear boss names. Yeah, that is so sick. Yeah. That's awesome. But yes, yes. All that all that is to say that um I think games were 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 super exciting uh, in two thousand five. You know, it was just year after year of like technological leaps and also yes. like artistic evolution. And then um yeah. R E four still was really impressive. It still felt fresh in a time where like there's there's just so much innovation year on year. Like since since the eighties, right? Like, um, yeah, yeah. The game still managed to stand out, uh, and and really, mm-hmm. like, look up a video of the, the the GameCube version. It still holds up. Still looks really good. Yeah, it still looks awesome. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, great, great art matter. direction. Yes. Oh my God, that's another that's another amazing aspect to this game is uh, just. It's like a culmination of a lot of knowledge uh, and experience. And, uh, you know, there are things that are just amazing in this game. Um, I, I have one particular moment that I want to talk about, but I want to... Uh, I was going to... B- before we get into the, the game itself, I just wanted to ask... I figured Rich might know this. Is, is this the game that was originally going to be Devil May Cry? Um, yes. I, I, feel, I remember it was, it was a Capcom game yeah. where, like, they started making one of them, and then... Yes. Um, it was... Yes, it was the Hangman uh, demo. That was, I think, the code name for it, or RE 3.5, or it was Devil May Cry 3.5 or something. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, yeah, there was some interesting development with um, 
how RE4 kind of came into being. I, I vaguely recall that um, originally Hideki Kamiya uh, was working on it. Um, which... Yes. Uh, I think he was supposed to be the the original director for uh, RE4, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like I said, I, I was I was just double checking because I remember there was a Capcom game that uh, Kamiya was working on, and then uh, and then they decided to make it Devil May Cry <laughs> instead of whatever they were working on. I wasn't sure if it was this one. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, Kamiya was the first director, and they thought it was just. Um, it, it, it strayed too far from the, the series roots, and they turned it into Devil May Cry. You know, and that game came out in 2001. Uh, so that gives you an idea of like how long uh, this game was in um, you know, pre-development, right? Like they, they really uh, took their time before uh, you know, releasing Resident Evil 4. Like it, it, they, they, didn't, they weren't rushing to release like a new Resident Evil every year, right? Like they, they, they knew they had. Uh, magic on their hands, and they they had to make something uh, worthwhile, right? Yeah. Um, especially because three three was quite similar to two, right? Three three sort of a in a way. Uh, I don't. I mean, I I think people liked it, but it's not it's not necessarily anyone. It's it's not typically not your favorite. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. It no. felt like a two point five kind of. Yeah, it's like yeah. if DLC existed back then, that's what would have probably happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a great you game, know? and just being stalked oh, no, for sure. the game and stuff was cool and scary. But yeah, but four was such a huge jump, and I think maybe they, um, I mean they, they, you could tell why they took their time, right? They didn't want to just do the same thing all over, just with nicer graphics, right? I, I mean, really yeah. respect to them for just totally revamping it. Right? Instead of giving yeah. people like because exactly what they wanted, like just an even prettier Resident Evil game with tank controls, you know, higher fidelity graphics, like they yeah. they went all out. And you know, I thought it was cool that like it it kind of weirdly makes sense, right? It's like okay, it started off inspired by by zombie movies uh, and also Tokusatsu. That's the secret sauce, um, yes. and then it went into like just weird. You know, this felt more like uh, the the hills have eyes, right? Or or or, or yeah, last house yeah. on the left or something like it. It just felt like a weird exploitation movie from the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that's actually interesting. Well, I also want to correct myself because I said Hangman. It was actually the it was a Hookman demo, is what it was actually called. And uh, they actually released a trailer, I think, for this initially. Uh, you know, touting it for the GameCube. And uh, one of the things I thought was cool was that, I mean, obviously the trailer is showing off, like, you know, just these really eerie, haunting uh, imagery and, like, you know, all of this amazing, like, you know, stuff to get you, like, into uh, the game. But uh, at the end of the trailer, um, you can tell that the game is not, like, completely finished or polished, but even back then, Leon's face still looked awesome as shit. Like, uh, he kind of looked more like, a little bit like James from Silent Hill 2, <laughs> but just like, you know, a little more like attractive, yeah. obviously. Um, yeah. But they do a close-up almost, like a really quick, like uh, jutting close-up on his face before they show like the uh, the title logo. And it's like, man, they did so much work. And then you notice like, 
even with the work they've already done, the release date was 2000X. They were like, you know what? We don't even know when this is coming out. Like, we're still working on it. It's still in the oven. Like, but it looked amazing, like, even then. Um, was that the one that was, it was like in a, a, a mansion or a castle yes. or something? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's the one that was in a, in a mansion. And, um, yeah. you know, like, I, there's an effect actually that I, I really wish was, uh, in like the newer, like the game, like four, where like I think he, he gets hit by like a ghost. And there's this like sort of negative effect that happens, like to emphasize the, the impact of uh, him being attacked. And it's like, holy shit, dude! Like this is, this is already creepy from the start, man. This is great. Um, but it just gave an idea of how much importance Capcom put on this title and like the work they put into it. Like they did not want to half-ass it. They really wanted to make, you know, something great. And um, yeah. it's it's cool to see like where it started you know or not even started because this is probably like way into development when they did this but um you know just the progression of what it became uh you could tell that you know they put a lot of like hard work into it man like there are people that still love playing the hookman demo to this day wait wait like it, it was playable you know, yeah it's it's wait what yeah yeah well people made it playable i should put it that way like eh? like i think you can like walk through it i guess or something i've seen videos on youtube but i don't know if people are actually Did like were they able to like dump the rom of it or or did someone like remake so. it let from me the... see if because there's like a lot of extensive footage of the hook fan beta on youtube some of it is hook from Tokyo like... game show trailers and then some of it is like someone i don't know like i don't know if there's like some sort of rom dump at some point and people just like data mined it and figured it out but like there's a lot of extensive footage of like the Hookman demo. Maybe it's something that people made something based off of, and not like something Capcom did. But like, there's a lot of video footage of the Hookman demo, more than I would expect. Like, like on YouTube. Like, there's a lot. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, the Hookman was like, he was like ghostly looking, right? Like he looked supernatural. Yes. Which yeah. was, um, you know, Re Resident Evil had never gone like full on magic and ghosts, uh, right? Like, it seemed like they were really um, taking a lot of influence from Silent Hill on that one. Yeah. yeah. It definitely it, it, felt it definitely more Silent Hill, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's darker like, and more atmospheric. Leon could have bumped into James and nobody would have thought anything of it. <laughs> okay. Um, I see. If you go to archive.org, you can find. A Resident Evil 3.5 uh, demo for PC. Um, oh my god. So that's the demo that was shown at E3 in 2003. So yeah, someone apparently was dumped. That's incredible. Yeah. I'd never heard of this. Yeah. Wow. Like, there's tons of oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Shigu Works is a, a company. They recreated a game inspired oh, by the demo. I I see. demo so no one they they never they never dumped the demo someone created a new original demo inspired by the uh, e3 footage oh i see, yeah. I see. So that, that's I what see. happened that's cool okay. the, the dedication yeah that's great yeah yeah people people oh, just I, wanted to experience it 
Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to, um, I, I feel like we did not state the obvious yet. Uh, obviously, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was like a huge, oh, huge yeah. influence on Resident Evil 4. Uh, yeah. Yes. With the most iconic enemy in the game. And also just the whole like, oh, you're, you're, you're in the countryside. If anything happens, no one will ever know. You know, yes. uh, like the, the, the yes. suspicious uh, locals, right? Yeah. 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 That 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 vibe is, is, is very real with uh, with RE4. Um, yeah. And are we are we going to talk about the Chainsaw Man now or are we going to? Oh, of course we got to Got to oh, talk about yeah. the Chainsaw. Oh, oh, real, real quick. I will say looking at a video of this like fan made demo, it looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It looks really cool. Um, and it's like, like a combination of third person and like uh, pull out camera angles that the yes, RE4 the would have had. Map background style, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like sort of a combo of third person and tank controls. It's actually pretty interesting. Um, mm. I I was not con I was not ready for how convincing this is when I when I pulled up the yeah. video. Yeah. What are they yeah, it's crazy. Song? Yeah, yeah. The Madman demo. Yeah, that shit's really yeah. Hey guys! Oh shoot, sorry. <laughs> but like, anyway, sorry. I just, I just to clarify for when you're thinking like, oh, fan made demo. It looks pretty real. It looks, it looks, like I guess like Leon looks a little bit weird, but generally speaking, it looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah it's it definitely looks like something that like if you're curious about it and you just want to like mess around with it, you won't regret it. Agree. You know. So, anyway, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. So, like, man. All right. You gotta. Like I said, I've already established that this game terrified me, like, no other. So, you know, I'm making my way through the game, and like, I'm trying to remember. I think the first time you encounter the chainsaw guy is the, the standoff in the village. I think that's the first time you encounter yeah, I think the so. chainsaw. Yeah. So, you know, keep in mind, like, the Ganados were enough to deal with, right? Like, I'm already, like, just like, oh, my God, like, there's so many of them, like, you know, and, you know, I didn't I didn't have, like, uh, a submitted route for the village yet. You know, I didn't know where anything was. I was just kind of running around, fumbling, and, you know, just trying not to get killed. And, man, I just remember hearing a chainsaw but not seeing anybody yet and just kind of being like oh my god like what's gonna happen like you know I'm, I'm shooting people like kicking them and trying to like you know cover my six or whatever right and all of a sudden like the camera flips and my head just fucking is gone and yeah. just like holy shit <laughs> it's so sudden like, it's so fast and it's just like, it's not, it, it, what's great about it, right, is that they don't slow it down to make you absorb it, like, forcibly. Like, you just see your head gone. And your body, like, hitting its knees and then just, boom, you're dead. And everybody's still walking around. They're still doing that old Nintendo thing where you're dead, but they're still going through their animations. Like, they're still walking around, <laughs> which is even more, like... Yeah. You know, creepy, and then of course that that awesome like chorus that almost sounds like it's saying "Amen" when you die, <laughs> and you're just like, "Holy shit!" I I 
I'm not ready for this game. <laughs> like the chainsaw, the chainsaw dude, like really uh, just bumped it up a notch for me. Like in terms of my own like uh, like horror of this game, like just really made it that much more scary. So uh, for me, like it obviously took me a while to figure out like how to handle him and how to deal with him. But it was just like man, like just going through that most that that whole thing over and over again. Like it was so. It was interesting because it was so terrifying that it didn't make me want to put down the game. Like, it it was like, ah, oh, man, I want to figure this out. But I'm also, like, like terrified. Like, I, I think I just got really addicted to the adrenaline rush that the game gave me. Like, it was just like, I've never experienced something like this. Because it was a survival horror game, right? So you, you're given this idea that, like, yes, you have tools to survive. You're not just running away from something so it was just like well i obviously can overcome this i just need to figure it out and then i have to overcome whatever fear i have of this game and it was just like this back and forth experience for me where it was like i'm terrified but i fucking love this game (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's actually a scary game you know uh, especially if i mean like james you're not like super into scary games right Hello, you guys James, still there? James, I think you muted yourself. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was never really a big like horror guy per se, like horror game dude. But like Resident Evil, like it had this 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 pull where it was just like I could not stop playing it. Like yeah, it's, regardless it's of like Capcom whatever polish, the Capcom, yeah, yeah, magic, yeah. Yeah, it's that Capcom magic, man. It was just like, you just can't put it down, you know? Like, you're just like, nah, dude. Like, I have to, like, I remember, like, I would write notes to myself, you know, because one of the things I didn't do was I didn't look at game facts and stuff, like, right away, you know? Like, I wanted to just figure it out, like, on my own. Like, I was just like, nah, dude. Like, I'm, I'm going to try to, like, figure out, like, how to beat this, the, the you know, this chainsaw dude. And, like, you know, I'm not going to look up anything. I'm just going to figure it out on my own. But I would write notes of, like, you know, run, run toward this, you know, area, do this and then go up the stairs. And like, you know, cause once I found the shotgun, you know, you felt, I felt a little more empowered. Like, you know, I felt like, Oh, okay. Like I can handle this. And I was like, Oh man, you know, like now I have the shotgun, you know? So I was like, okay, what do I do next? And then it was like, I would literally write post-it notes of like what it was that I was going to do. <laughs> and then like, when I had time to like sit down and play the game, like I would refer to my post-it notes like, okay, so I'm going to go around here and then I would like pause the game. I'm like, okay, I got here. All right. Like, you know, now what do I do? I was like, okay, let me shoot these two people and then run up the stairs. And then when I got the shotgun, like, you know, I would like pause the game and be in the map, just like, oh, like giving myself a moment. Like, okay, cool. All right. So now what are you going to do? Okay. You're going to jump out of the window and run. Like, and then it got to a point where I got into my own flow, but I was still terrified of the game. But it was just, like, this idea of, like, a certain progression of kind of, like, overcoming the fear part and then realizing that, like, you're the Beyonce of, like, male video game protagonist. You got this. Like, you could fucking, <laughs> you know, do what it is that you need to do and, and fucking, like, you know, overcome it. You know what I mean? But it was still just crazily terrifying, but also really just addictive, man. Like, I don't know, man. Like, Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, to anyone listening, I, I, I highly recommend going through games this way. Like, don't look up an FAQ. Uh, you know, don't look up what everyone else is saying about it, because it, it, if you have the time, of course, it, it's so rewarding when you figure stuff out on your own. Yeah. I, I feel like you're, you're kind of engaging with the game on a deeper level. It's like you're kind of having a conversation with the, the game developers, yes. you know? Yes. And, and it's yes. it's what games are all about, right? Because like everything you just just described, it was like, uh, you know, b- b- back in the day, right? You'd watch a horror movie and you'd be like, man, if I were there, I'd do this or that, right? And it's like, <laughs> wow, this game lets you do that. Yes, right? yes, the game actually lets you put your your uh, your money where your mouth is. Like it's not it's, like, it's oh, not you- prescriptive. It's not like lure Chainsaw Man to this spot and you know hit x and do this and that it's like no like you you got to figure it out for yourself you gotta figure and it he, out the moment he gets within striking range on you it's like boom your head's gone it's yeah like, yeah and what's what's great about it though is like when you talk to other people who've played resident evil 4 and then you tell them how you did it and they're like oh i didn't know you could do that you know or like they're like oh i didn't know there was a shotgun upstairs like, and then you realize that they had their own method that maybe took a little bit longer, but that's how they did it, you know? So it was just like yeah. this idea yeah. of just like, you know, everybody's dealing with this horror in their own way, like based on like the the tools that you, you know, have to sort of empower yourself as the, the main character to like, you know, play the game. So it was like, you know, you would hear their account. It was almost like, like everybody had gotten stranded in this random village at one point in their life and then like they're basically sharing stories with like each other like well this is how i got through it you know is instead of it being like oh well if i was there this was like nah dude well we were there and now like we have this uh sort of collective uh experience man and um yeah, I feel like Resident Evil 4 like is a weird way for people to have like digital catharsis about facing fears like in a general sense. Like if you can kind of embrace like the sort of empowerment the game allows you to have, right? Like you you face the fears that the game has, right? So then it's like in within reason like you can kind of face fears in in your life and say, "Hey, like if I have within me what it is I need to do, like maybe I can face this particular fear. You know, obviously this is going to yeah. vary for people, yeah. but for me, like it felt like it was like a tool, like for me to sort of like face fears. And I think that's part of another reason why, like I sort of like just powered through like playing RE4. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's what <clears throat> video games are all about, right? It's it's the the best ones make you dig deep and and put your best foot yeah. forward. And uh, particularly Resident Evil 4, like, uh, I mean, it is so easy to take it for granted, right? People call it, you know, kitschy, goofy, or whatever, but uh, it brings all these elements together in a way that works. Because uh, when 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 you talk about having advanced combat mechanics in a horror game, a lot of times that that really undermines it, right? Like, like mm-hmm. uh, Sean, you'll remember uh, when when they started just forcing the the, the Silent Hill spinoffs and sequels, and there was the one with uh, uh, I think you were like a trucker for for the PSP, and it had like QTEs and stuff, and you know it just felt like you're playing God of War, right? Like, I we're, we're, barely even remember that one. I think after the 
third one <laughs> kind of just stopped. Yeah. But yeah, there's a couple where there's one where you're like an ex-soldier. There's another one where you're a trucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you do takedowns and stuff. And I mean, essentially, you're doing the same thing in Resident Evil. But one, you have that 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 Capcom polish to it, where like the gameplay is very deep. Um, and then on top of that, I, I think the the tone and story of the game, which I think are very underrated, um, it it uh, makes that feel like a natural evolution. I, I think we talked about this in, in past podcasts. Like, um, you know, one of the main writers on Resident Evil, uh, I'm sorry, I can't I can't remember his name right now. I'll look it up in a minute. But um, they had a, like, genuinely great uh, script writer. Uh, he was a veteran of uh, Japanese TV shows. Uh, he, he was a veteran on uh, Howl at the Sun, like one of the top uh, cop dramas, like, like primetime big stars mainstream you know um you know show for grown-ups right classic classic show in japan uh, and then he went on to do a lot of uh, tokusatsu stuff including uh you know like like common rider black and other like really timeless oh, nice. classics um and then he was such a big fan of the first resident evil because he was like oh my god like this game's so immersive it makes you really feel fear and you know like you can you like it's a cinematic game, right? It literally had cinematic angles back then. It wasn't like a full 3D game. He contacted Capcom and like asked them if he could work with them, you know. And then he he, he started writing. Uh, you know, Resident Evil 2 is like leans more into the uh, Tokusatsu kind of vibe, right? Young hero Leon Kennedy gets in over his head. Um, all the the monsters in that are even crazier than the first one. Uh, yeah. So anyways, I, I think um, being able to balance the the variety of tone tonal shifts, like that's 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 a really really difficult thing to do. Like not not everything can do that because uh, uh, some games, a lot of games, um, do it in a way that does undermine everything. Right? Like uh, people uh, famously right now, uh, everyone has been pooping on. Um, what is that Square Enix one? Um, Forspoken. Forspoken, right? Where it's yeah. like, yeah, there's the they they they, I haven't I haven't played it other than like a demo, so I I, I, I cannot uh, judge it myself. But you know, the the main complaints seem to be that the humor attempts at humor uh, were overly sarcastic, and you know the character was sort of like making fun of the game. Uh, I've all, I've yeah. watched enough people playing through the game because it was one of those games where I was like, well, I'm going to watch a few hours of gameplay, but, uh, you know, see if I want to play it. Uh, and, a few and hours is a big commitment. <laughs> well, I do that with most games. I always want to okay. give give games a chance, right? Um, yeah. But, no, you're right. The, well, so the problem is also that uh, the main character is kind of mean-spirited. <laughs> yeah. Um, to your point, the, the sarcasm comes off. It, it doesn't... I think it's, it's definitely intended to come off as, like, ribbing each other in terms of between the two protagonists that that, that do it. But the, to your point, the problem is, is they didn't tonally set it up. So uh, the main character, like, kind of doesn't want to be there, but doesn't ever really, at least the parts that I saw, uh, she's kind of mean-spirited, like, and doesn't pick up on it very quickly. Like, doesn't, you know, take on the, oh, this is what's happening to me type of thing. It's just kind of always like a sarcastic off roll of something like oh this thing and then the other protagonist 
it, 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 again, it's meant to be like playful banter, but they don't have like a relationship. And the things they say are kind of mean spirited. So they, they, they don't come off as playful ribbing. They just come off as like tone deaf sarcasm. <laughs> It, it, it comes off as like, oh, you know, this character's embarrassed to be in the, in this game, right? Yeah, Whereas it does. Like, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Like so. And I, I don't think the voice first... act, the voice acting wasn't bad. It was just yeah, the the writing is very. Um... Yeah. I'm trying to think of the word. It's not sarcastic. Sarcastic's not the word. Like it's it's trying to be very self aware, and it, it is self aware, but not like in a positive way. Yeah, yeah, I think it. I think it leads the player uh, down a road that doesn't make them happy with the uh, experience in a way that you would connect with the character and go, oh, "Okay, this is this is cool." Like I, I, I jive with this character, right? Like yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, actually, you know, you know what it is. Uh, not not that any every game like is trying to make you feel good. But that's that exactly what you said is like you're playing or at least I was like watching the game and like usually even if a game has serious content, you're enjoying it. And I, I feel like about like an hour and I was kind of like, I'm not really enjoying watching this like it. But and, and I mean, like, it doesn't make me feel good that I'm pl playing this or I'm good that I'm watching it. Like, it feels awkward. Yeah. It, like, it feels mean. You know, it doesn't it, it, to your point, it feels like they don't want to be here. And now I don't want to be here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's they're setting a tone, but it's not the right one. Like I think, yeah. I think that's the, the 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 issue. And and one of the things that RE four does like really well is, you know, it introduces you to this larger than life world. And even if you already have like some knowledge about Resident Evil and you know this and you know that, like it's still fresh and new because the the approach is a lot different from you know, any other uh, Resident Evil games. So, like, you become interested almost instantly. Uh, you know, you think about, like, you have this serious monologue from, from Leon, you know, like, post-Resident Evil, like, to, you know, everything's bad, you know, Umbrella is coming, you know, this and that. You know, Umbrella has supposedly folded, but there's still, you know, rumors that they're still around and this is you know and it sets this tone and then all of a sudden you hear castanets like clacking and you see this suave dude like just chilling in the back seat of like a police car you know and it's like his whole vibe he's not saying a word he's just in his own little zone like all right man i gotta save the president's daughter man i'm you know, I'm going to do it, but, you know, I'm cool as shit. Like, there's something about the way you're introduced to the characters and introduced to the world that, like, it just engages you, you know? Um, and, and before Leon even says a word, like, you're already there. But then when you hear him talking, he's interacting with these uh, police officers. You know, the police officers kind of represent more of, like, you know, the layman that is competent, that should be able to save and solve these problems. But then you have Leon. And his whole aura, he's not even saying anything. And you already are catching this vibe, like, this motherfucker is cool as shit. <laughs> you know, like, like the music is, like, just, it's such a vibe where it's almost like, yeah, I've been through some shit, but, like, I'm okay. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm hot-blooded enough and cool enough that this is fine, you know. And it sets, like, a precedent for you where you're like, you know what, yeah, yeah. This is okay. I, I, I wonder if part part of that worked because they chose a character that you're familiar with. 
at least most people would be. Uh, you know like, what? I, like I wonder if they'd be able to pull that off. It was just some character we had no idea who it was. Because like he's definitely cooler in this game than he is in RE2. Like, and granted that was intentional. Like he's he's just like a brand new cop in RE2, and now he's like a seasoned agent. But yeah. I wonder if there's an, a continuity there that's helpful in you kind of picking up uh, who he is very quickly. I think it definitely is because you still see shades of uh, you know the the greenhorn uh, coming through, right? Because he still yeah. makes like really corny comments, and he's still not. Uh, there's a contrast between him and uh, uh, Ada, right? Like she's yes. she's actually mm-hmm. like super experienced in the field, and you know it's almost like uh, Leon is. Uh, I mean, he, yeah, he, he's an all star, right? Like you said, he is the Beyonce of <laughs> of <laughs> video game protagonist, but but he's still like he's still out to prove himself, right? And um, and it helps that you already played through one game with him, and now you're playing through like the second game where he's truly coming to his own. Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, the writer I was trying to think of, uh, his name is. Give me one second. Uh, Noboru Sugimaru. Uh, sorry, sorry, Noboru Sugimura, uh, and he he is a uh, veteran uh, live action TV uh, writer in Japan. Right, so it's it's not as if he was only a games writer. Um, he wrote on a very popular uh, cop th- a show called uh, Tayo no Hoero, which means uh, Howl at the Sun. It ran for like 14 years. It's considered a classic. Wow. You know, um, that's where that's where uh, Yusaku Matsuda got his start. Uh, that was his breakout role. That's the guy that inspired a Spike from uh, Cowboy Bebop. Yes. Yes. So, yes. so Resident Evil um, uh, had a really amazing writing pedigree. I mean, especially in the '90s, is way before today, where you have stuff like you know, Last of Us getting adapted and getting awards, and Mario making like a billion dollars. Um, right. <laughs> this was still like, at least in America, if, if 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 you saw people playing a video game on a sitcom, it'd be like bleeps and bloops coming out of the TV, yes. right? Even if they're holding yes. like a PS2 controller. Um, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> Capcom was working with like an award winning writer that wrote like shows for grownups. <laughs> uh, but yep. that's the pedigree that went into Resident Evil. And I think Resident Evil doesn't really come up very much in discussions of good game writing, like, like say, Silent Hill does. But I think there no, is no. a real charm uh, to the writing that um, that's really underrated, right? Because I don't think it would be such a big deal unless you cared about the characters on top of the cool gameplay and the scares and stuff. It's, it's, it's the characters, the story, you know, Wesker being such a great bad guy, you know, uh, Leon being, like, so cool but, like, kind of hokey at the same time. Um, yeah, like, it's it's the characters that really, really, like, bring it together, right? Like, Chris Redfield just being such a good dude, just such a bro. Yeah. <laughs> such a good bro throughout every yeah. game. It's like, yeah. he's a good bro. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah, those things, you know, you, you feel them, like, right away in RE4 with Leon, and, like, it's just, you you connect on like a basic level where you're like, all right, I'm here. This is what's going on. Uh, we know why he's here, how he feels about being here. 
and it's like, all right, let's just get it done. You know, like you, like when you get out of the car, you like, you, you know, I don't know. This is maybe this is just a me thing, but like, uh, for somebody that like kind of played more games later, like in terms of different genres, like I really get into the world of games that I play. Right. So I do that thing that people have infamously called the E3 walk. Uh, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> what? you know, like, so like, let's say like, all right, we're at, you're at the beginning of Resident Evil four. Like when I got out of the car and like, you know, started walking up toward the house, I didn't run up to the house because that's not what I thought Leon would do. Like <laughs> I went up like slowly, like, you know, investigating my surroundings, like, you know, like. I would like slowly approach areas, which made me more scared, (laughs) you know, because like I'm baking in that moment. Right. But like, I would play him like a cop, you know, like when I entered the room, I would aim and like look around and like, you know, like I really got into that like vibe of like the character because like, to me, when you communicate that stuff effectively, that affects how I play the game also. So like, Leon just did it for me, man. Like, it's just, and, it, and then, you know, to know that, you know, such a, a talented writer was, like, connected to it, like, it um, makes sense. Yeah, so he, he didn't actually write uh, Part 4. He actually passed away in 2005, oh, the year that Part man. 4 came out, unfortunately. But okay. um, he did write uh, Resident Evil 2, uh, Gun Survivor, Code Veronica, uh, oh, Dino Crisis... Two, he wrote Onimusha one, two, and oh, three. Dude. Holy shit. Um Resident Evil Zero, Clock Tower Three. Uh so Damn. you know, a Gun Survivor. He wrote a lot of Resident Evil games. So definitely his DNA was uh, in in part four. And in, I, I feel like they four. Yeah, they upheld his his legacy of um you know being able to 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 balance those different genres. To not only focus on the horror, but to have like, you know, this this believably plucky hero that you can't help but root for, who is yeah. stuck in this horrible situation. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it, it it never comes off as like, oh, this is some bullshit. You know, like it comes off like you just believe, like, yeah, he's 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 very much like, yeah, yeah, I'm on it. I'll, I'll take care of this. You know, and you just sort of, you get into it, but it's also sort of like, he's plucky, but like the moment that like shit gets real, like he's focused, you know, like he's, he's in that moment. Well, the the game is cheesy at points and, uh, and whatnot, but it takes itself seriously. Um, yeah. And I, I I don't know why this made me think about it, but like something that I think is a interesting, I don't know. Like an interesting example of kind of like the level that RE4 takes itself seriously, but also doesn't is y'all remember the uh, initial scene when you run into Mendez and yes. uh, in the original because um, yes. they, they definitely changed this in the remake, which is something to talk about. But uh, I just remember this this vividly where he goes to kick him and he does this like yes. pretty ridiculous like roundhouse jumping kick that looks awesome. And then he just catches his foot and throws him against the wall. Yes. Yeah. And, and to me, that was the perfect balance of like a realistically serious scene where you can tell that he like is just completely outgunned. 
but also it's ridiculous because like this jumping f- flying dragon kick thing isn't it's what, very it, it's funny. it's pretty it's a pretty like unrealistic move to be honest with you <laughs> it's almost yeah it's almost like the perfect blend of tokusatsu type like you know dynamism but then like okay kid like get out of here <laughs> dude, dude wait 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 james we got to talk about the other secret sauce which is a uh, hong kong cinema which oh my god you know, oh. if you were anybody if you were anybody into like action movies and games that's what you would have been studying in, yes. in the 90s and the 2000s right yes because this is not just like the influence of the, the the matrix the matrix is the most famous like western hollywood thing to to be so overtly influenced by but man like Hong Kong was on fire from seventies, eighties, nineties, even through the early two thousands, right? Yeah, like, early two thousands. There was still some really strong, amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Re four definitely. You know, I, I think I may have said this before. It's a culmination of uh, just experience, uh, referential knowledge, and um, you know, it, it comes together in this this very like seemingly effortless like uh you know work where you're just like man everything just flows in uh in a very specific way that uh you just don't you don't really see that anymore um you know it's 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 what makes re4 uh you know super special um because it it takes like just the right amount of all these things while still being its own dish so to speak you know like it's it's definitely inspired by a lot of other like uh you know forms of like storytelling and film and like you know all these things but you know it just comes together to be its own like recipe um man like there's certain things i want to talk about but i don't want to jump too far uh but like man like the the action in this game is um it's, Let's it's just get into it. I mean, I, I think we can kind of assume that people are listening to this because they already played the original, right? Okay. Okay. So we're, we're going to talk so, about so, the, the, yeah. the first interaction with Krauser, uh, the QTE oh, scene. Nice. Because to this day, and like I said, you know, we'll talk about differences in, in, in Remake, but, you know, for now we're going to talk about uh, just the glory that the scene is. Um every single thing about this and you would think right like a qte like you know fight scene after like you know years and years of like games advancing to a point where you know you know you don't you don't need uh qtes but like i can tell you right now like going back and playing through that scene is still incredible to this day it is still one of the most like amazing experiences in games that I have ever had. And I'm saying this having already gone through the remake version, that it is still good. And it still stands up, man. Um, like, I don't know how else to put this, but uh, that scene feels like a combination of the best staging that you could probably get from like, maybe a late 90s, early 2000s anime, Hong Kong cinema, and early 90s, like, aesthetic feel of, like, action movies. Like, for some reason, that scene, the way that it starts, 
it makes me think of Universal Soldier with like Van Damme. Oh, like, there's something about. Like, oh, dude. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the industrial setting, right? Yeah. The rustiness of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I felt like I was watching like an uncut, like, deleted scene from Universal Soldier that Capcom somehow had something to do with. <laughs> like, like, I was just so blown away. Um, because one of the things that it does is it actually really shows off, uh, like, the body language and personality of both Leon and Krauser. Um, there's a point where, like, in the early conversations, like, maybe the first, like, QTE, where, like, Krauser's, like, twirling his knife around, and he's walking around Leon. And the way the camera leads, like, with his body into the movement where you have to react to the QTE, like, this stuff is, like, chef's kiss, man. Like, you can't really just... You can't just, like, say, oh, okay, we're just going to make a scene and we're just going to make it cool. Like, there was a lot of heart and a lot of love that went into, like, every interaction, every nuanced movement from, like, you know, Krauser to, like, Leon. And, like, like, there was almost, like, another language going on, like, a different level of communication between those two characters outside of what you're seeing and, like, hearing. Um, like, to this day, I feel like anybody who wants to study, like you know, influences, like, for action sequences, like, from anime to games, and, like, see how it, like, gets put into fruition when it's in another medium, definitely look at Resident Evil 4 original uh, Krauser fight scene. Like, it is amazing. Like, I cannot stress that to you enough. Like, it is amazing. Well, even yeah. the the, the, the build-up intro, where, like, I still remember, like, you know, like, like Leon, like, pull, like, the way he pulls out his knife... <laughs> yes and then the way that like Krauser in, in, intros like they do the kind of like oh, where... the way he seeps into the scene behind Leon and yeah, like, oh, yeah. and then he does that like this like uh, pretty awesome like dynamic landing and then like you know Leon jumps out of the way and they do that whole like he has a scratch on his face yes <laughs> like, that slight yeah, reveal blood. Yeah, yeah blood dripping oh. down it's it's so good like um well, they have it's a lot of a lot of shots during that fight where they focus on the knife work, like very slow motion. Nice. Yeah, it's very cool. Oh, sorry, yeah. uh, James. Earlier, when you mentioned Universal Soldier, I, I was thinking a soldier starring Kurt Russell. <laughs> oh, that's a yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah, that is that is also like a really great like correlation. Yeah, like, and also uh, J Jason Scott Lee as the super soldier. He was great. Yes, he was, dude. He, he, he had like a scar on he his face his too. Flowers, man. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he got done dirty uh, in 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 the West. Uh, dude was that dude was great. Oh, he should have been one of the biggest stars of the '90s. That that dude is so talented. Yeah, but uh, so random aside, yeah. I, I always thought if if they actually had done a proper Hollywood Dragon Ball movie in the 2000s, it. it should have been uh, Jason Scott Lee as Goku. I think he would have been. Oh, he would have killed it, dude. He would have been the oh, guy. Man. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, he would have been perfect, dude. Um, but yeah, like there's there's a there's a certain sauce with uh, original RE4 that is yeah. even even with the remake being as great as it is, there are certain things that you know you look back on, and you're like, man, this this still stands up. And I think that's like a it's a cool thing where you can have another version of it. You know, you can have it do very well. 
but then still, you know, and be able to enjoy both, you know, like for whatever, you know, for what they are, right? Like I think, and that's something where this scene is just like, I mean, also Krauser is like Relento's like cooler, like bigger brother, you know, like he's, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it, there's just something about like his personality, his aura. It's just like, you believe that this big man just kills the shit out of people. He didn't, he doesn't just kill people. He kills the shit out of them. Like he's like, you know, like you just, you get that from him. Uh, and he feels larger than life. He's not like a every man, you know, like, I mean, he literally does like a Super Sentai backflip, like what up three or four floors. Like, <laughs> yeah, he goes like thirty the... feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he delivers like this great line that you feel like is from the end of a chapter in a manga, and he just fucking leaves. Yeah. And it's just I actually like... I remember thinking like why why doesn't Ada why doesn't Ada just shoot him right now? And then he does that amazing backflip. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like yeah, like she knows like what he can do. She's not even wasting the bullets, you know. Yeah, like, <laughs> but it's 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 things like this that like you know you 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 look at and you go man like this this is great and and people would say but you're not really fighting him you're just doing QTEs it's like because of how it's shot because yeah. of how the shots like leave you you feel connected to that fight. Like, yeah, that's yeah, I, that's the right way to do QT is because like no one you no one's gonna sit down and play that scene and be like oh, I'm not playing. <laughs> that's not how it feels. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's um. There's a time and a place for everything. Like I, I feel like video game discourse. It's very easy to get dogmatic and just be like, this is always bad. Never do QTEs. Never do turn based. You know, always do real. Like no, like there's there's a proper way to execute everything. And if you want to see how to do QTEs, like this is it. Cause like you said, there's so much buildup. Um, yeah. And then just the way it's shot, like it, you, you can anticipate when it's coming and it absolutely improves the experience. You know, like when, when you're, when you're mashing that button, trying to stop them from like stabbing you, like it, it, it puts you, you in it. the moment. It doesn't yeah. feel forced. No. And um, like, it, it, uh, you, just you, the pacing of it too like where it comes in the game like where, yes. where you've played enough of the you you've you know you know like the core gameplay a lot by now so like this kind of shakes stuff up it it doesn't feel forced uh it's no it's way better than the qtes uh in 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 resident evil 5 actually like, oh god like, yeah yeah like just, those felt like, very forced yeah. this was something yeah. else this was like no they they knew what they were doing you know, it's just like, I mean, just that scene where, like, the way that the shot pans up Krauser's face, where he's like, like you, I'm an American. Like, it's just, like, even <laughs> that, it just, something about, like, it just has the sauce, man. Because, like, the lead up to that is, like, you know, they're, like, kind of facing off in front of each other, and they're, and they're talking, and it's just, like, this abrupt cut to, like, maybe, like, his clavicle and his chest, and, like, the lead up to his face it's a very like weird combination of a live action like you know pull up shot, but also like a shot from anime where you don't see the eyes, you just see the mouth and the nose. You know, like it's yeah. very just like you feel it. You're just like, oh my god, this guy's a heartless killer. He's just telling Leon like, listen, man, this is what's going on. This is what I'm doing, and you're just like, damn, like you just you feel all of that, man. Even in their movements that are similar, like you feel the difference in their weight. You know, because oh, Krauser's a big yeah, dude. Than the, he's a you big know? dude, yeah, much bigger guy. Yeah. Like, like, just it just feels so good. And then even when he like 
spins from the momentum of that slash he gets on his chest man like it's just like seeing a big dude have that kind of like brutal elegance i guess is a good way to put it is like also like very artful you know because you don't it doesn't come off as like weird it comes off as like no this is what he's doing because it makes sense within like the stylized like world that they're in like all of it just you buy all of it it just makes like perfect sense uh you know even to the point where he has the knife to leon's neck and you're mashing x to you know resist like you feel these moments man uh i just you know we we gotta give capcom credit for i i think they pioneered 3d cinematography for action scenes right because there's shots in here that would that would be very difficult to do without like a 3d camera Right, they yeah. really took advantage Absolutely, of just yeah. this being a full 3D game, but like, but they never. It doesn't feel cheesy. You watch it now; it feels classy as hell. Like it's, yeah. it's not like oh, that's so like you know they they only did that because they could, you know, because no. it's 3D. It's like you watch this and you're like oh, like this is like you some know John Wick stuff, you know. In in, in you 2005. Know what's you know what's interesting too is, and I know that Sean knows this because we both have played this part. Uh, it says a lot that the shots that are blocked out for when you uh, meet Krauser again for the second fight are almost shot for shot the original shots that are blocked out from original Resident Evil 4. Like, they did not mess with those shots, really. Like, it was just, like, literally... And I think it's also partly because of how that level is set up. It's kind of like you have to follow those shots, but, like... um, it's really nice that they blocked the shots out almost like very similar um, to what happens in original RE4 in remake. So it's almost like they even knew they're like, nah, don't even mess with this. Like, this is perfect. Like just, you know, use the new models, but we're going to block the shot the same way or shots rather uh, because they're just, they're that good. You know, there's certain things that are in the original that just, even in the remake, they were like, nah, man, we're just going to keep this the same. There's no reason to, you know, take this away or like, you know, like add to it, you know. So it's it, it also nods to the fact that like, you know, Capcom really, you know, even 20 years later, there were choices that they made. They were like, people were like, you know what? Don't mess with these choices. Yeah, you know? it still looks great. It, it, it totally holds up. It still, to me, looks better than most live action uh, movies. The, the, yeah. the choreography, the cinematography, the pacing of it. Yeah, the way that people fill shots is uh, is incredibly enjoyable and actually really informative for anybody, like that wants to learn. You know, like it's, you know, I feel like you know you see those things that are like ma- like master classes on this and master class on that. They should find you know who who boarded this, like who, you know, oh, yeah. directed it, and just let them say, hey, look, man, this is, you know, like how I put this together. Uh, you know, I mean. It's it's even something as simple as people walking in a circle around each other, but where the camera is when they do that. Like it has so much of an impact on how you receive that information, you know? Because like when they're circling each other, you know, they could just easily left have left it at an outside shot and then gone in for the close-up when they start to, to fight. But the fact that you're actually in the focal point of uh Krauser's knife as he's spinning it. But then you're behind Leon and, you know, you see this person who's like, they know that something's coming, but they're not sure when. 
and you're just looking at yeah. this buildup of like crowds are talking and it just and then it just boom it's explosive right like just being able to know how to make a lead into that you know in film is already hard but to make you feel that in a game cutscene and like in the early 2000s holy shit man <laughs> like just Oh my god, dude. Like, if, if you have not played RE4 Remake or Original, and you just want to see this fight scene, man, just look it up on YouTube. It is it is phenomenal. Like, for, like, multiple reasons. Like, it's just, it's probably one of the greatest moments in, like, gaming history, even with it being as old as it is. Do you, do you think uh, the, the knife fight is another, maybe, uh, Konami influence? Because I feel like Silent Hill and Metal Gear... Uh, we're, we're, you know, Silent Hill, Metal Gear, Resident Evil. Those would have been the big 3D, uh, you know, uh, Japanese franchises, right? I, I think those would have yeah. been the influences here. I, and I mean, I, do, do, doesn't doesn't he look just like Vulgan, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say, I feel like the Metal Gear, the Metal Gear influences are very visible. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like creatively speaking, all these minds are in the green room together, like me mugging each other, like but like competitively, just, like happily, right? Yeah, like yeah. The fact that like, I don't know, it feels like a friendly competition. The fact yeah. that, like, I mean, they'd go as far as to like essentially, he looks so much like Volgan, but it doesn't feel he like does. a <laughs> it doesn't feel like uh, you know they're making fun of. Oh yeah, no, it's, not it's, at all. Yeah, like. I don't know. It, it, it just works. <laughs> so yeah. I, I feel like some of the influences are kind of what we we're talking about. The, the style of action feels very Metal Gear to me. Um, yeah. to, your, to your point, the angles are very controlled. Um, it, it's, it's like intimate in a lot of ways. They're very good at focusing on specific details and giving you a lot of like uh, place in the fight. Like whenever fights are happening, like you really have a good idea of where things are happening. And, and I'm I I almost would call it stylish action. Um Oh hell yeah. Uh, and I feel like the, the, the feel of that, that fight, like you could put that fight in a Metal Gear game and it would feel right at home. It just oh, yeah. absolutely it's a CQC battle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that could easily be Snake fight <laughs> fighting someone. Like, you know, it's it, it it has a lot of the same elements, so it feels pretty intentional. Or at least it feels very influenced for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's again, it's one of those those moments that you just never forget with uh, the game. Like it just you you anybody who's played that game, like you know, even if they don't necessarily uh, articulate it in the way that you know we are with passion, they'll be like, "No, that was dope, dude!" Like, <laughs> like this is it's just a very universal sort of uh, you know sentiment. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, this is like one of many moments in the game that are just like, it's amazing. Like, you know, like it, it was jam packed with this stuff. And this was in like the early 2000s, you know, like when the people that were into, you know, like anime and like Metal Gear and like all this stuff, like, you know, like it wasn't as widespread, you know, like it was just kind of like these are things that if you know about, you know about, and then they're showing up in like games right so for some people this is their first time experiencing anything like that oh yeah the, like, that know? kind of cinematography yeah 
Yeah, it's like the first time they're experiencing anything like that. So they're like, holy shit, this is insane. You know, they might go look at Hong Kong cinema and be like, yo, that's like Resident Evil because that's the first time that they <laughs> saw it, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. like that's that's the kind of impact that, uh, you know, this game, like, has, like, in collectively, but also in, like, small snippets in little isolated incidents where you're just like, man, a lot of, a lot of love went into uh, this this survival horror game. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Um, I think we're getting into, like, almost two hours now. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe we should do a part two, because we haven't yet to actually talk about the remake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Uh, let's maybe uh, wrap up our, our, our feelings on the original, uh, and then, you know, we'll, 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 um, we'll do the sure. sequel. We'll talk about the remake next week. Yeah. Um, you know, as I've already stated before, uh, you know, Resident Evil 4 had a huge impact on my life uh, just as, you know, someone who enjoys games, but also uh, just showing the potential of what you can do uh, through storytelling, through action choreography. Uh, you know, it was a very big uh, eye-opener of what, you know, you could do uh, with games. And just, like... Uh, it's an unforgettable experience, and I put it up there with, like, you know, the first time that I played, like, I don't know, Alpha 2 or Third Strike. Like, Resident Evil 4 is a very, very special place in my heart. Mm. Wow. That, that's saying a lot, because you, uh, uh, James is a, like, professional-level uh, fighting gamer, <laughs> like, competitive. So, yeah, I know you, you always spoke about this game with the same reverence as uh, you have for for your favorite fighting games. So that, that's, that's really yeah. saying a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For, for me, I guess it's just a nice trip down memory lane. Just, uh, it makes me want to replay the original one. I, I'd actually highly recommend it because I, I think it, it still holds up. I mean, I, I don't know. Some people are weird and they're like, oh, it's, you can't run and gun at the same time. Uh, but the game is very deliberately constructed around that, and we'll, we'll probably get deep into that uh, when we talk. Yes, about we will. <laughs> but uh, that, that's not—it's not a flaw in the game at all. And also, like yeah. in—I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like in in real life, you don't want to like run and shoot at the same time either. Generally, like in, in no. most cases, <laughs> if you're gonna fire a gun at someone. You want to stand firm, aim yes. carefully, and the game's like very much about that. Um, and but 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 beyond that, I, I, I feel like Resident Evil Four uh, just stands out because it is just such like a cool blockbuster. I think when I think of like blockbuster video game, um, nowadays that means like AAA games, right? That cost like you know eighty million dollars to make. But I, I think Resident Evil Four was one of the really blockbuster feeling games of the time, along with like the Metal Gears. Like Silent Hill would be like the art film, you know. Yes. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus would be somewhere in between, just an amazing art film. That's like the angel's egg of video games. Yes. It's like, <laughs> how did it get the budget that it needed to tell such a weird, compelling story? But, but I, I think Resident Evil Four is, uh, even though it it is like very slick, very like we said, really polished, well produced. Every inch of it is like nicely modeled and detailed but it's brimming with personality it's still a really weird game right so it's not it's not soulless at all it, it doesn't feel like 
it was made by like a dozen oh, separate teams, right? Like it, it, it still feels like it was made in house, you know, with, with a lot of people laughing at like whatever latest development was like, I'm yes. watching a video and all the weird stuff you could do with eggs. I didn't even, I never even thought about this. Yes. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that like, there's egg tech. I'll put it that way. There's yeah, egg there's tech. egg. I just saw, <laughs> I just saw Leon throw an egg at a guy with a torch and it made him set himself on fire. <laughs> it's uh you know it's it's a triple a game that for all intents and purposes still feels like a quirky indie game right yeah just it feels like a human being was having fun making like everything that went into the game so i i I think that's why the original is uh still still worth uh playing what i'll also mention you can still play the original on uh there's a ps4 version um, yep. Oh yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. it probably looks better than <laughs> what you would have experienced on GameCube, but um, uh, I also I also want to bring up something that uh, you know I I hope that doesn't get affected by all of this. Um, you know, with the remake being released and like you know and everything, but there is actually uh, a very passionate project that was developed because of Resident Evil, and it was because of the fans. Um, and it's actually called the Resident Evil 4 HD project. Um, oh, yeah. A group, a group of people got together and remastered this game to a level that feels like it's something that Capcom would have greenlit. Um, you know, the, the just people who really loved Resident Evil and they said, you know what, we want to try to make this game look, to, look as best as possible uh, to the point where they actually went to, I think, Madrid to research like textures and like paintings and you know nice. objects that they felt like they saw like you know yeah. in the backgrounds yeah. and like they they put so much love into uh making like the the best version that they could make before the remake came out obviously um and you know i i feel like if there's anybody out there who's more pc centric and you know, wants to play the original, um, definitely look into the Resident Evil 4 uh, HD project, because uh, I do believe that it is out. Um, I don't think that there's been any sort of uh, cease and desist or anything from Capcom. I think they're going to let it rock. But uh, yeah, like if you if you happen to get a chance to, you know, get a look at it, you know, give it a shot. There's plenty of videos of people playing it on YouTube. So you can see it for yourself, but it's a it's a beautiful project that's a labor of love. And one of the great things that happened with it was uh, the people that worked on it. I think some of them actually ended up getting jobs in games because of it, and they weren't in nice. games. I don't think. Oh, um, they deserve it. That it's, that. Good, good. Oh, I just. It's not just that it's like oh it's HD right. It's like oh, okay it's higher def. It's like no like they really respected the source. And I mean, as you can tell, we've been talking about this game for two hours. Like the game has a very particular feeling to it. And they actually, it wasn't just like, okay, now it's higher def. It's like, no, like it, it feels, it looks like the way you remember it, which is like the yes. perfect way to do an yeah. HD remix. I, I, I like, will, uh, I will add, I, I think um, part of why that worked is because it, it's, um, I, why I don't think Capcom stopping them is it still requires you to have a copy of RE4. 
that you bought. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. It installs on top of the, the main game, which is super awesome. Oh, nice. Well, that's free. Nice. Okay. Okay, that that's makes fantastic. sense. Cool. Uh, go to, it's actually easy to remember. Just go to re4hd.com. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I, I remember cool. hearing about um, how volunteers on the project, they, like you said, they actually went to Spain to track down the original photo reference for stuff and to take yeah. HD photos of like paintings and like, you know churches and stuff that like were referenced like that that is dedication that's amazing yeah like like this sounds like the type of thing that capcom would have done you know yeah. like it is so the fact that people you know just had this much passion and uh you know poured it into this project you know i feel like if you if you're interested in it and you have a chance to uh you know play it like definitely play it definitely uh yeah. you know embrace what that is because resident evil 4 yeah. is a special game to a lot of people well yeah. and, and and even though we're not going to talk about the remake uh, i feel like we could talk about the, the original game for two more hours uh i i will say that like having played most of the the remake now that really you are getting two different games it, it is important yes. i think when people yeah. look at like remakes and stuff sometimes they think like it, it's like last of us where it is pretty shot for shot um, the original RE4, I think, has a lot of style to it that was... Yes. Not that I disagree with it, but it was removed in the remake. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that there is a value, I guess, proposition to be had in experiencing both games. Um, yes. Yes, I firmly believe everything that you just said. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, again, we'll talk about it. It's still a great remake, but but not not yeah, like no, no. it's it's not it's not like a remaster. It's a, it's really is it's a re envisioning, and I think yes. they both have valid. And I'm trying to think of a good metaphor, but it's like both dishes are delicious, but they are different takes on the same dish. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's 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 like having a sweet potato pie made by you know your mom. That's like super super good like she knows what the hell she's doing and then like maybe a high-end restaurants like interpretation like of it where you're just like oh okay this is also good but just its own thing like it's yeah yeah you know what you know? It, i don't know why it's it, it, this isn't exactly the same but i don't know if you've seen the show on uh food network beat bobby flay where like uh chefs yes, have to come on and uh basically when they have to win a first round but then uh the, basically, the whole shtick is is that Bobby Flay has to make their signature dish, so it, it kind of feels like that to me. Where like the guy's like, "All right, my signature dish is clam chowder," and then Bobby Flay will be like, "Okay, so this is like a, a clam in whatever on top of like a Calabrian chili bread." It's my take on clam chowder. It's not that ridiculous, but it's it's kind of like yeah, one of them is like the signature approach, and the other one is a re envisioning of it. And they're both delicious, yeah. <laughs> but, but they bring different things to the table. They just bring very different things to the table. And I'm going to leave it at that because there's a lot to uh, okay. talk about in terms of differences for remakes. All right, sneak peek of next time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, mm. I'll, I'll just drop one more recommendation. Um, the, the, the Wii port is very good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, uh, the way it used the Wiimote, to let you just point at the TV and aim and shoot was really cool. And there's a very underutilized uh, aspect of that, that control setup. Um, Cause you know, you usually they did that for like first person games, right? But it actually worked really well for, for, for the third person. Um, 
Yeah, a very, very underrated uh, version of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Worth, definitely worth playing some version of it. Uh, like every version of this game is worth playing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sure. Yeah, honestly, yeah. It's that classic. <laughs> Actually, classic now that you mentioned, I'm kind of curious how the kick feels on the Wiimote. It must feel awesome. Yeah, I wonder how they translated that. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot of weapons that definitely have some, some oomph to them. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering, um, is it available on the Switch, or did they start RE5 there? Because I, I've, I, me and Jason play like RE5 on the Switch, which is awesome. And the RE5, by the way, has a lot of DNA from RE4's gameplay. Um, yes, this it does. Um, oh, part five's on the Switch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can play, and the co-op works and everything too. It's really fun. Oh, nice! I loved the co-op in that game. I, I know that's for a lot of people that wasn't their favorite, but I, I, I really enjoyed the co-op in that. Yeah, this is yeah, a podcast for a different time, but I mean, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. RE5 for entirely different reasons. <laughs> but it's a yes. very different game in tone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. I guess we should uh, wrap wrap things up then. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was okay. part part uh, one of yeah. many, probably about RE4. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll keep we'll keep coming back to this. Um, all right, that was fun. All right, so if you made it this far, thank you for listening. I really appreciate you choosing to spend time with us. Uh, we we always have a great time recording these every weekend from from all the different time zones that we're calling in from. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's always fun uh, recording. And uh, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to listen to uh, more. You know, uh, just hop on over to the Art Eater website. That's arteater.com, A-R-T-E-A-T-E-R.com. Uh, click on the podcast section, and you can find every podcast we've ever recorded in the past, including our um, our other podcast series like uh, 3AM Games. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we're going to start doing like an anime podcast too. Anyways, it's all there. Uh, hopefully we're on any every platform that uh you know your, your preferred platform of choice um and if you want to keep up with the new uh podcasts or if you want to just say hello let us know how we're doing head on over to twitter and follow us at art eater podcast a-r-t-e-a-t-e-r podcast uh, i don't think there's a dash there um yeah uh, that's where you can keep up with the news on the latest uh, editions of the podcast um and oh always always forget about this uh, we do have a patreon head over to <laughs> patreon.com slash art eater og um and uh yeah i mean we we that's it, that was my personal patreon for a while i never really like pushed it that hard but uh yeah we're switching over to it supporting the podcast as well um and uh, yeah look forward to us uh, just uh you know it's in its early stages right now uh, pretty much it's just there so you can support the podcast the website twitter and everything uh, we don't do any fancy rewards or anything like that just uh you know it's just there for you if you want to show your support um you know it'll help with the costs of maintaining stuff uh but yeah really appreciate if you if you uh, support us on there um and if you want to follow us um you know uh, i'm i'm on twitter all the time you can follow me at richmond leah that's r-i-c-h-m-o-n-d underscore l-e-e I'm always on there, happy to talk about art, you know, uh, comics and music and just whatever, man. Um, Just, uh, you know, it's real fun to talk to people, make new friends. Um, I still have a great time on social media. You know, I think I think if you're just earnest and and generally nice, as nice as you can be, uh, it's a great place to meet 
make new friends still as as much of <laughs> as much of a you know a, a trash fire as 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 it can be at times uh, to me it's still like uh even the you, you can still get warmth from a, a trash fire right so it's a, <laughs> it's a nice place. one way to look at it yeah um yeah so guys fellas let let everyone know uh, what you're up to and how how uh, our listeners can follow along uh well i'm sean um usually here at the podcast uh you can follow me on twitter at daborsk d-a-b-o-r-s-k um been kind of uh promoting uh i'm doing a lot of mentoring on adplist.org again free both directions uh look me up on there um i don't i don't know their their profile links are like pretty long so it's better to just go search for my name but um there's also just a bunch of other people on there for design engineering product stuff but um Speaking of like making friends or talking to people, I, I think uh, I'm almost at 200 sessions overall, over 5,000 awesome. minutes. So nice. I meet a lot of different people. I think it's uh, really cool. Uh, also, they have a uh, event coming up May 10th that I'll be speaking at as well, along with about 60 other uh, mentors. But uh, that's a that's a thing I've been spending a lot of t- my time with. Um, I'm still kind of dabbling and trying to stream and create some some videos. I haven't had a lot of time recently. Because uh, a lot of stuff's going on at work, but soon TM there will be videos for Art Eater. There'll be videos. Um, yes, I'm trying a little bit of streaming yeah. myself. Um, but I, don't know, I just like I'm a big fan of like video essays and a, a lot of the, the the kind of like content that we talk about, but in video form. So that's something that I'll be you know keep a lookout on yeah. Twitter. I'll be I'll be posting more of those. I'll be working on it more. Uh, Actually, Sean, that, that's something I wanted to talk to you about later. Um, we might, I might be able to help find some people to help edit the videos uh, over here in, 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 in Thailand. Oh, that's There's a really good idea, yeah. But, but yeah, editors. also, going back to our, uh, our Patreon, eventually I think we'll have a lot more content kind of going up for that. And um, yep. Also, I have it on my list. Like We actually re- often record like pre and post show discussions and we have a bunch in the bank uh, <laughs> that we don't really have like no one no one but but uh everyone on the podcast can go into the our our like dropbox and listen to it so eventually we want to expose it on patreon uh so i have a bunch of that kind of stuff uh, uh on my list but yeah if you you want to follow me uh, as i mentioned uh on twitter i mostly just talk about pc gaming uh because i work in nzxt and then i also retweet cool art and uh that is me awesome awesome yeah so uh this is uh james stanley the resident fighting game expert at art eater um i too am also on twitter uh these days uh finding warmth in the uh trash fire that is uh twitter um one thing i will say is that uh if you are interested in um my perspective on fighting games, uh, fighting game design, uh, the nuance of uh, the language of fighting games, Vaporwave, Hong Kong Cinema, and uh, dope art from a project that I'm working on. You can find all of those things on Twitter at random. Uh, you know, every now and then I'll feel like I want to post a long thread about how much I love fighting games or a particular aspect of you know fighting games that you know I enjoy or a character or anything like that. Uh, you know, when I'm not posting like 
I don't know, really great sakura reels or like uh, food that I've been cooking in Thailand, um, you know, you can check those things out there on my Twitter. My Twitter is uh, Beefy Kunoichi. That's B E F Y underscore K U N O I C H I. Um, you know, like I said, if you're into any of those things, you can definitely check it out. But one thing I also want to talk about is uh, my Patreon, um, which is also Beefy Kunoichi with no underscore. Um, it is basically uh, the first place that you can go to find out information on a very important indie project that I have been pouring all of my blood, sweat, tears, and love into. Uh, it is the fighting game that I've always wanted to make. Uh, it's called Part-Time Shuffle. And uh, basically, I give people a sneak peek into uh, my approach to design, uh, development process with the game itself, uh, what I want it to be able to do and communicate both on the competitive side and the casual side, um, insights into design, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, for the game itself, uh, illustrations, um, there's tutorials there for how I actually approach my illustrations and my designs. Um, you know, it's a really fun time to see a lot of really great art, uh, some of it before being posted publicly to the internet and some that is actually exclusive to my Patreon. Um, some of that includes, uh, you know, my tutorials, um, you know, uh, some of it includes the uh, insights that I've been giving into the part-time shuffle project. Um, if you're really big into, uh, I guess, 90s magazine aesthetic or game fan, if you read game fan, if you're old enough to <laughs> remember game fan magazine, uh, there's a lot of uh, design aesthetic put into uh, my tutorials as well as my uh, behind the scenes content for part-time shuffle there. So uh, if you enjoy that kind of stuff, you know, please feel free to support it or tell others about it. It's patreon.com slash beefy kunoichi. That's B-E-E-F-Y-K-U-N-O-I-C-H-I. Um, and uh, I hope to see you there. Cool. All right. I'm also a Patreon Next. James. Definitely follow follow him and join. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, those those latest layouts are so good. Oh man. Okay. Um yeah, I guess this is where, where we, we would put the outro music. Uh yeah, we don't have uh, AJ here. He's uh out uh winning uh Taekwondo tournaments. Uh yes. oh, man. he doesn't yeah, have the ability he, he doesn't he can't out, tell out me when to put AJ. the outro music in. So yeah. uh just use the same roof theme for RE4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there will yeah, be more uh, RE4 there will be more to action coming for sure yeah. later. Yeah, and best best of luck to AJ too, our, our, our world Absolutely. warrior. Yeah. Yes, yes. Indeed. I'm sure we'll get a, some good stories out of him next week. Oh, yeah, for sure. Man. Yeah. All right. Okay, Stay bye. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>